What's up, folks? So we got a little midweek treat for you. We said we would keep doing interviews over time and and despite going back to the, the style of just me and Phil coming out on Mondays. And we're staying true to that. So this week we have, I guess, an exclusive interview, if you want to call it that, although nobody's calling it that except me, with Noah, who is, I guess, formerly the economist on All Day and now the GM of All Day, kind of running the show there with the team, calling the shots. And we wanted to sit down with him kind of at this kind of in-between point between seasons where they have just closed off Series 2 on All Day after their first full season and now are going to be moving, I don't know, maybe sometime soon into Series 3. We don't really get details on that, but clearly planning something around the draft at the end of the month. What I wanted to know from Noah is kind of like, where are they at at this point in time? Because the NFL is honestly like that. that that's the biggest sport <laughs> in, well, sports league in the world. Not the biggest sport in the world. Maybe soccer is that. But in terms of sports league, in terms of stuff that really resonates with our community, it's NFL and then everything else. And as the man in charge of, you know, kind of like the leading NFT project for the NFL, I wanted to know from him kind of where things are at, what he's prioritizing. Is it product, community, content, what he liked and didn't like from Series 2, what he wishes he could change from Series 1. And then if you've ever listened to First Minute interviews in the past, you know that in there, there are going to be a couple of really weird questions as well, which kind of come towards the end. But I felt like it was a really good time to kind of do a little temperature check with them and that product and just a reminder that this is part of our partnership with nfl all day we're kind of working with them on some content during the off season but don't worry that partnership did not result in me holding back from any hard questions there are a lot of hard questions in this one um that i think really reflect you know how, how the community is feeling and also how i'm feeling personally as a collector because I've, I've got some of that stuff too so anyways have a listen to my interview with noah from all day First mid, looking for NFT content, look no further cause this is it. From Top Shot the blockchain, they got the data chops, analysis, and pack drops, the show's a crater hot. LG and Phil D, the best amongst others, best brothers that happen to balls is the ball brothers. So settle in cause it's time for the best show. Ayo quad, who we reppin'? Let's go. All right, folks, we are on with the man, Noah the all-day economist, formerly economist, now running the show, Noah. How's it going, man? How you doing? We're in, we're in the off-season. We're a couple weeks out from the draft, two months out from the Super Bowl. How are you feeling like today? How are you feeling right now? Um, well, I'm super pumped to be here, and I'm super pumped for the stuff that we're working on. I think there's going to be a lot of, lot of cool things um, coming out over the summer, and, and draft in particular, um, to, to keep an eye out for. So mm -hmm. can't talk about all of it yet, but uh, looking forward to, to our conversation. <laughs> So many people, when I put the question out on Twitter to ask people what they wanted me to ask you, so many people were like, okay, so what's the series three roadmap? And it's like, I was like, he's not going to tell us that on the show now, <laughs> like, uh, but we appreciate everybody who, who really wants to know that uh, because I'm sure we'll, we'll all wait patiently to know. Uh, but Noah, before we get into some of the product questions and, and community and, and all that kind of stuff, um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about you and how you like, when did you actually start working on all day? Any pieces of the story that you can share there? Sure. Um, so I came on to Dapper Labs in November of 21. So I was there with all day uh, before our first first launches and everything. Um, so came on as the team economist really worked on like the 
the mint counts and uh, and pricing stuff. So that's uh, where I started on the on the team there. Mm, okay. Okay. Cool. And did you what 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 specifically like interests you about like uh, blockchain, crypto, NFTs, like? what out of all the stuff that we can do here because it is it is an infinite world of possibilities right like what what do you like about it oh dude all right so brace yourself so um i've been totally watching this space for a while so i uh started a game company out of college and we were doing a bunch of collectible data stuff so um and this was before before crypto and everything so i've been watching the space for a while um for me it is sort of uh fascinating to see um sort of the, how this impacts the collectible space, how it um, can provide sort of certainty and truth and transparency to people. I'm really, really interested in all of that. Um, and also as, as someone interested in economics, just the growth of DeFi and the crypto ecosystem over the past uh, two, three years, it just represents this, this amazing intensive hands-on lab where every wacky economic theory that everyone argues about, you just get to see it play out in real time. And it's like, oh yeah, well, we just proved that. And now, now that's done, we have the answers. Um, so it's like, uh, I love that part of it. And just like from my econ training, like I, I always say this, like the, the central truth of economics is that you're going to wind up achieving basically the opposite effect from what you try to do when you start messing with economic rules. Like it's that, that mm. complicated and this sort of proves that and like gives real life experimentation and chance to figure out what works. So super, super excited about it. Great. Great. Can you tell me a little bit more? What was the, the company you started out of college? What, ex what exactly did you guys do? Uh, I started a video game studio. So we uh, we set out to um, sort of do a, a collectible data game, sort of a sci-fi Diablo type of thing. That wound up not working out. So we wound up making like uh, role-playing games for Hasbro and stuff uh, instead. But it was a good a good story. It's sort of succeeding something we didn't, uh, didn't set out to do. Uh, and since then, I've been doing uh, startup product innovation. So sort of taking new businesses from zero, one, pivoting around find stronger product market fits. Um, so I've done that in games in financial services and health tech. Um, health tech is where I was before, before Dapper. I sort of worked on gamified econ and healthcare incentives at, uh, at Rally Health and United Health Group before coming here. So Dapper is sort of this perfect storm of, for me of like collectibles, um, sports and like complicated economics all kind of coming together. So I'm, I'm super, super excited to be here. Nice. Okay. 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 And I'm assuming you're, you're, you're a sports fan. Have you collected like sports cards memorabilia in the past prior to any blockchain stuff? So I, I collected sports cards as a kid and like mm. um, sort of some of my happiest childhood memories are watching the 49ers kind of become a dynasty with my dad. So there's strong memories there. I really come to this business more from the economics and like interest in NFT side than the sports side. So like still, mm. Uh, still working on it, and I collect uh, collect NFL all day now for sure. Um, uh, so getting getting more into the sports side over time. Mm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's a nice, it's a nice childhood memory. Uh, okay, well, dude, let's talk about uh, what we wanted to chat about today. Was the end of series two on all day announced? Um, I think late last week that series two will be ending literally the day before the draft at the end of the month. Not many other details in terms of what happens next, uh, but I do, I do think what you know. I wanted to sit down with you to kind of just recap everything that's happened in series two, which because it was the first full like season on all day, right? Because series one started, I uh, think you guys started dropping packs probably around the time that you started, right? Like November, December, twenty twenty one. So um, yep. you know, not a not a not a fair uh, kick at the can, I guess, right? This was the first full effort. Uh, tell us uh, for you what was the best part of series two. 
And what was the biggest challenge in series two to kind of give you some, some, some big questions to start? Yeah, a great question. So um, I'm going to give you more than one, but if I, if I had to choose one, so I'm excited about what we did to kind of elevate the collector experience over season two. So if I had to point to one thing, it would be playbook um, sort of making a way to engage with your collection as a core part of the product, this idea that you're going to play along with the sport, with your collection. Um, and then um, as part of that, introducing this idea of burning to the platform. So that was a new thing at season start and we've all like seen it now and we're used to it. Um, I think that's so important, right? Because like part of, part of the sports trading card experience is that you spill coffee on them, they get damaged, you accidentally get a fingerprint and they get kind of degraded over time. So that, that aspect where things get destroyed and become increasingly scarce over the life of the product, I think is a huge thing. And I'm super excited to have brought that to NFL all day. And then like um, sending collectors to the Super Bowl, like um, we onboarded Mahomes to the platform. I mean, like, wow. Uh, so like lots of lots of non-economic stuff to get excited about too. Um, uh, but yeah, all, all that kind of kind of got me going. Um, when we look at challenges of S two of of Series two, um, I think when we're unpredictable, um, it's really hard for collectors to have confidence in the scarcity of the product. Um, so I would point to. Any case where we don't have clear rules, um, we just run into problems. Uh, like with superstar players like Brady and Mahomes, right? There's there's always going to be too much or too little content, and it seems like it's impossible to get to get just right. Um, and that's a really tough thing, right? Like when you've got Mahomes signed onto your platform and you're not making your first Mahomes moments until like halfway through the season, like that's a little that's a little odd, right? So I I think um, we've got some things to improve on there. Um, I don't think that we have a strong enough level of consumer trust to have trust us bro be part of the supply promise. Um, because even, even when we act on that, even when we, um, when we have supply come in under our numbers, and I know from like the economy perspective, part of our core promise was this idea that we wouldn't make more than 10,000 legendaries per series, right? Like that was what we thought was like the core promise. That didn't land with people. Like if you ask most NFL day collectors what the legendary limit was, I'm not sure that that would be the answer that would come back. So like that, that kind of trust us rule, even though we really exceeded it, I'm not sure that that's, that's working for us. Um, mm. Especially when the whole point of crypto is about public transparency, right? Where trust us shouldn't even be part of the story, right? The whole point of this mm. is that if there's any shenanigans, you can see it on the blockchain. Um, everything's really transparent. So, um, so I think sort of getting that, that predictability so we can, we can have scarcity plus predictability is what we're going to be looking for for season three. I'm sorry, for series three. Um, and sort of looking to strengthen our commitment to, uh, to scarcity hand in hand with a more predictable approach. Um, mm. And then I think in other challenges, uh, you know, we, we had to pause the playbook um, to sort of make mm. sure the economics and the engagement were supporting collectability because they really weren't for a while there, right? Um, that was rough. That was a tough decision. Um, I'd say two of our biggest product principles are on the line there. One, collectability. Two, engaging with the sport. Collectability is number one for us. We acted on that, right? Um, so we took it out. We put it back in. We fixed the design to kind of support collectability and con we continue to innovate on that. So like those would be the, sort of the biggest, the biggest challenges of S2. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. How do you, how do you, I mean, again, this is kind of like the role that you were brought into play here. Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, with your, your expertise, 
how do you like uh, i guess from like a creative standpoint or however your brain works because i'm assuming it's very different than mine <laughs> in terms <laughs> of you know you're looking at markets moving pieces um you know thinking ahead thinking uh, in the past there are so many moving parts to these types of products right and that's both what makes it probably a little bit overwhelming for newcomers but also really in depth for the people that get into it right the mm -hmm. badges sets tiers uh, mixed in with, uh, you know, a, a, a moderate level of speculation, right? Because we don't know, hey, maybe we'll need this moment for this later. Maybe you'll need this complete set for that. Like I'm collecting because I love it. There's so many, you know, you mix in with so many different like speculative emotions, which is really interesting. That isn't coming from you guys. It's coming from the collectors. So, and that's one of the many things that you have to take into account in some level, Right. But even just like if you're looking at this like a game board, right? You mentioned like Diablo, you've got badges, sets, tiers, new releases, all this different stuff. When you, when it's time for you, like right now, I'm assuming you're probably like thinking about Series Three. What do you, how, how do you set yourself up to start to put all that together? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you manage all these kind of game pieces? Uh, you know what I'm asking? Like, how do you, how do you kind of yeah. concoct this? Right. I, so that's a great question. I love, I've just wrote down your phrase, speculative emotions. Um, uh, so I want to make a point about that, which is people have, uh, have, have bought into these collections that they really care about. It's, it's part of their fandom identity and they put, um, they put money into it too. And it means that we are not free to experiment without consequences necessarily, right? Like any change that we make, people are going to be looking to parse my words and, and see how it impacts, uh, impacts them. Um, and I would say that um, we are doing the best when sources of surprise and interest are coming from football and the games and the players and the trades and not mm -hmm. from uh, playing Dapper Bingo or some kind of thing where you're trying to guess what we're going to do next, right? So like that's a, right. it's a really difficult balance to, to strike. When we um, talk about all the features going on right now, um, I, I think the core of this, and we hear this from collectors, it's one of their most, most common quotes is, tell me, tell me what to collect, right? And I mm -hmm. think part of part of features like badges, sets, tiers, it's to to communicate value to people, to communicate rarity, what um, uh, figure out what people are going to want to put into their collections and act on that. So I I think there's part of being a good collectible is clarity of communication with that, so that it's clear for people what what the collectible moments are. I know our community loves. Uh, all-day debuts, rookie debuts, and that sort of thing, and uh, you know, legendaries and serial number matches and these things. How do we reflect that in the product experience so that you don't have to uh, read a blog to really get into the legalese about what, what we're doing, but can instead see it reflected in the product? So that's what we're going to be working on uh, more and more is sort of taking um, that complicated set of features, trying to simplify it down, trying to uh, to get to a point where more of the experience is visceral, you can you can see it, you can feel it, and how you look at your moment. Um, uh, so I, I think um, looking towards simplification and how we communicate um, the collectability of moments to collectors, I think would be the two biggest uh, factors to answer your question. Got it. Okay. So in terms of when you're you're managing all that, if you could go back, Noah, and change anything that you and the team did in series one, or just generally, uh, or even a way you approached it, communications it can be it can be anything. It can be product, it can be content, it can be comms, community, whatever it is. If yeah. you if you had one thing that you could do differently, maybe for series one, uh, what would that be? Yeah. So I uh, have strong feelings on this. I think it's the supply structure um, of our products. Um, yeah. For, for this thing to work, um, we need uh, 
a supply structure that lets us put out new content every year. Um, mm -hmm. It's a sports business, so it's going to be driven by star players. And anytime you recognize people saying, oh, no, why are you releasing another Mahomes moment? You have too many. Or like, oh, no, this player played great, but I don't want another moment. It means there's this tension in the product design and the structure that's not working. And I think mm -hmm. that some of that worked for one season, right? But when you start doing two seasons and everyone's getting angry when you release the best plays and the best players, there's this mismatch that we need to fix. So I think mm -hmm. um, it's about fixing that supply structure and getting to a place where things are really predictable. Um, I, I also think there's a part of that that has to do with uh, the depth of collection and team fandom as well. So like in addition to predictability, um, we want to be able to go deeper into each collection. Like I know myself as a Jaguars fan, it's, it's annoying if two of the rare players have been traded and I don't like, I can't get deeper into the, uh, into the players on my team. And I recognize that going on with every team on the product, right? So mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of getting that comprehensive coverage of more players and getting more into team fandom identity, those would be the two changes that I would make that I think are both related to uh, the supply structure being more predictable and, and comprehensive. I want, I want to ask you kind of like a tricky question that you don't have to answer, but <laughs> it's something that I'm, I'm personally really curious about as somebody who kind of like, I guess I monitor kind of community reactions versus supply and, and try and balance that um, when we do our shows. Yeah. You know, you're saying, uh, you know, you're putting out a new star player and people are mad about it and that you take that as like, okay, you know, something's not working there. We want people to be excited about putting out a star player. Do you, when it comes to like community emotions and, and, and naturally everybody knows in the Dapper ecosystem, the community is very vocal, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, both, both, a, both a, a good and bad thing at times, right? Um, do you, how do you see the correlation between is it, what's the correlation between you putting out like all day putting out a, a new Mahomes or a new whoever Aaron Rodgers whatever star player, and you get some like backlash initially in the chats, but then is there is there are there ever times where then the market reacts positively to it anyways, and you kind of have this because everybody knows about the vocal minority right like it's like that across every, everything where there's opinions there's the loud people might not represent the the depth of everybody who's there. Right. Yeah. So do you understand kind of what I'm asking is like, is there ever something where you've put something out and you're like, oh, community hated that. But then the market reacted like loves it or vice versa, where the community is like, we love these new packs. But then the market does not react with the same uh, I don't know, uh, volume or as many site visits or how whatever your metrics are. Is there is there ever how do you kind of manage that correlation and any interesting nuggets you can share with us there of, of that relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. So um I think oftentimes economic truth, like what, what actually moves the math of the numbers is really counterintuitive and doesn't act the way that the community thinks it does, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, the stories that take off in the community have a way of forming their own reality, right? So like, um, so I, I look at it in two ways, which is if we have a good, uh, there's the product market fit way, right? Like if this product is working, then we will tend to not piss off our core collectors, right? <laughs> that should be like a basic, a basic tenet of this is that maybe of course. happy yeah, yeah. and not, not furious with Dapper, right? So that's like- I, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just saying that there's like a difference between the core collectors, you know, people who are on the platform every day, really love the playbook. And then the, you know, some of the, even for First Mint, we face this, some of the like Anon <laughs> Twitter accounts with no photo that you're like, I don't know if this person uses the platform. <laughs> right? yeah. So, you know, anyways, go on, go on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think there are times where, like, um, releasing a new star player isn't 
um, mathematically is not as dilutive to the value of that player's previous moments as people are afraid that it is. Like we don't, we don't tend to see that that number reflected as powerfully there. But people right. are really sensitive to it, so that makes it a true thing that we have to deal with in in some way or or, or form, right? So that's that's part of it. Um, golly, I think you've seen tension between accessibility and collectability, which. Um, sorry, let me let me frame up this idea here. Mm. I think with our current supply structure, where we're like players are earning their moments essentially, and then we curate the best and put it out. There's this tension where accessibility is the opposite of collectability, right? Where when we make things accessible and like, oh yeah, everyone can get a Mahomes, that's like, um, oh, but that's not that's not collectible. Why should I why should I buy into this? I think mm. what we need to do is change the product in a way that those things aren't necessarily fighting with each other, right? So we should mm. be able to have. Um, content that is clearly the collectible stuff, the good stuff for uh, for passionate collectors to get behind. And we should also be able to have things that are, um, hey, I bought a pack for my kid nephew and he wanted to see a player that he recognized in there, right? Like that's sort of mm -hmm. part of part of growth. Now, mm -hmm. we need to manage that super carefully. Um, uh, like this, this needs to be a good collectible product for the people that we have before it's anything else, before we start thinking about growth. But that... Uh, that core of making sure that um, uh, different parts of our product are not fighting with each other is something that I think we really need to fix. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that okay. made sense. Yeah, no, that, that, that made sense. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm getting the overall message here that it's like you, you, I guess as like a, you know, market designer, economist, whatever, however you want to refer to yourself as like your, it's clear to me that your priority is for th like, like good flow, right. That you want community motions, market dynamics, product release to flow really well together right yeah. um and that makes a lot of sense do you out of out of all those do you have like a like a priority right now between like product community uh content like as in the moments and like the health of the market like do you uh, do you and the team sit down with a whiteboard and be like okay for series three product is number one or market is number one or sentiment is number one like how do you how do you sparse that yeah um so i we, we do. Um, the clear priority for product is collectability. Um, so I'd mm. say that that's about making sure that the core fit of this thing as a collectible is uh, a strong match for our current users. Our like fan collectors mm. that we have now need to love the collectability of this thing. Um, and that also means that they need to not, not just love season one in isolation, but like mm. how, how we're rolling out new content and think that that, that supports collectability, right? Um, mm. So we're going to start with the structure of our, of our product to fix that. And then also look to kind of um, improve the experience of actually exploring your collection and browsing and sharing your moments as part of that too. Right. So both mm. what the collectible is, um, how the rarity structure works and then how you, how you play with it, how you, how you look at it essentially. So that's the, the product essentially. Um, I think you'd ask sort of about like the community, the content and the market a little bit. So let me, let me speak mm -hmm. to that. Um, so I think for the community, um, Back to your, to your other question, right? About like, um, do these things fight with each other? I think economics is half math and half communication, right? So mm -hmm. like communication to the community, I think is really important that we stop surprising people, that we get predictable and transparent about what we're doing, um, that we're building in public more. Um, we're, we're getting better at communicating what we're doing. I think you'd see the first examples of that and how we closed out season two with more clarity this year versus mm -hmm. uh, how, we, how we closed out series one uh, last year. So that's right. like tiptoeing step one that we get better at sort of predictability and transparency. Um, I think when you look at the content that we're putting out, um, uh, 
sort of that we get to a product that's more comprehensive, a better fit for team fandom um, would be where I would uh, where I would be going with that. Um, and also that we continue to innovate collectible quality. So I'd look at um, my favorite set. Um, uh, I own it, the Banner Year set, right? Um, I think a number of things hit with that. One, we actually put that out for economic reasons so that um, we wouldn't have too many team moments for the playoffs, right? Like that was, it, so it met an economic goal, but then it also met this, cool storytelling goal and became this mm -hmm. awesome speculative thing. So I, mm -hmm. I would look for us to continue to kind of innovate um, quality of the actual collectibles and the storytelling nature of those, those videos themselves. So I think that's a, that's a big one. How did you, so, okay. So this is, this is also a question that might be a bit of a curveball for you, but like you, you told me that you just said that you collected the banner year set. Mm -hmm. How did, once, once, you know, I know it was really contentious when for Dapper employees to be uh, able to develop the, the play policy, right. For, for, for you guys to be able to collect, which I think is great that you can. Yeah. Um, how did you then decide what to collect being like, like knowing that people will be like, Oh, why are you taking that Noah? Like <laughs> knowing how like intense people are, how do you do even, even stuff that I buy on top shot or all day or whatever. I'm like, Oh, people might message me about this asking me why I'm doing this. Right. But at least like I have like a content platform where I can talk about that. Like you as the kind of game master, like that's such a contentious, you know, it, it'll be contentious in some people's eyes for you. It's clearly something that you just want. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you balance that? Yeah. So um, part of the play policy is I'm not, I'm not allowed to sell. Right. <laughs> so right. like yeah. I'm keeping yeah. these things, I got them because I want them uh, and they have yeah. like, intrinsic collectability for me. I was just super proud of my team for pushing the envelope and getting this new innovative thing out there. Um, uh, mm. That was like um, so many, so many folks on our team uh, uh, worked so hard to, um, to get that concept out. And I was just like, I wanted that to just commemorate the work that we put into it. Um, as a, a, a Jaguars fan, like it's nice to have an awesome, an awesome season that has some collectability to it as well. So like that was, uh, that was a great story that I wanted to own, but yeah, just excited about it from a product perspective uh, more, more than anything. Nice. Okay, great. Yeah. Great answer. Uh, let's talk about something that I, I know a lot of people want to know and is really, really, I, I will admit, is really challenging to address. I, I would assume, um, given today's like general, like macro conditions, is growth, right? Um, you know, set the table. We had an incredible boom in NFTs and all day launched, you know, um, I guess nearer to the end of that, but still in the middle of it. And across all markets, especially things like NFTs. Um, you know, there's there's far less uh, money moving through. There there are fewer participants, and it's okay to acknowledge that, right? Like we are we are in a tech market, and and it, you know, facing larger global conditions. Mm -hmm. um, but for you guys with the product, obviously, you know, you've got a fantastic IP. Uh, you've got some of the most dedicated sports fans that exist, as well as a massive pool of them that maybe haven't even discovered the product yet. So I think a lot of people in the community are like, well, there's definitely tons of room for growth. Um, how do you guys right now, uh, given all that and maybe other conditions that uh, we don't know about, um, how, do, how do you define growth for the product right now? Yeah, so our perception of that's really changed since I got here, right? So like we mm -hmm. started this off and the market changed out from underneath us. We, we started with this right. idea that we already had a really strong product market fit and it was about um, just growing from there. And I think like Look, it's revealed to us that we didn't, right? And we've got to change some stuff. Mm. So part of part of my answer earlier about like the the rarity structure, we've got to go go back and tweak the stuff to make this thing land because we're not we're not growing until we have a 
super strong product market fit with the early adopter fan collectors who are here today. Um, we think that's about predictability and team fandom, but we'll see. Like the y'all, y'all will tell us whether that's working or not, and we'll continue to to pivot and reshape the product until until it matches. Um, once we have that fit, um, we're going to start looking to grow grow outward. Kind of, we think about it in concentric circles. Like, what's the next you know fan segment out from there? Um, you know, in context, Dapper's mission is really focused on mainstreaming crypto over the long term, right? Um, I think we we don't get there by trying to grow too fast. We get there by getting the best fit with the folks that we have now. And then, uh, you know, as soon as our entire community is out evangelizing for the product and really proud to be a part of it, like that, that's how we'll kind of know that we're in the right, right spot with them. Right. So like, that's, that's what we're trying to fix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you, do you and the team, I mean, uh, it's something we do, but this is kind of like our, you know, mandate. Do you look at other projects? Do you compare all day to other projects? I'm sure in, in Dapper, you know, you guys are a close family in one way or another, so probably share a lot of tips. Um, but outside of that, are you? Do you compare all day to other projects in the general kind of NFT market? Yeah. So I would start that off by saying, like, our team has a strong sense of vision, right? As does the mm. and we're like, we're always watching other projects and creators to stay in tune with them in the market. We have. Right super strong relationships across all of Dapper Sports Studios and a lot of the stuff that we've been able to innovate on on NFL all day, we couldn't do without learning from stuff that Top Shot tried and like tweaking the things that uh, that work and didn't didn't work from that, right? So like that's um, that's all going on. I'd also point out that like we're, we're totally inspired by like what our own community builds, you know, from, from Diamond to Own the Moment, First Mint. Um, the future of this product is about composability, right? Meaning that in the future, we want what we do to empower and inspire our community to build with us. And we look forward to the day when our community is building cooler stuff than we are, right? Like that's the, that's what a composable future means is that we're all building, uh, building this thing together. So I think that's, uh, that's certainly part of how we, uh, how we look at other projects in the market. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good answer. Um, I do want to make space for some of the community questions. And I know, so I'll, I'll get to those in a minute. Uh, it was really, I'll say right now for everybody who wrote in on Twitter, it was really hard to pick some of them uh, or to, to, to shortlist them, let's say, because otherwise, you know, we'd be here for hours going through all of them, but a lot of really fantastic questions. Um, and I'll actually ask one that I know I saw a few times in there. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if I had actually shortlisted, but I know it's something that, um, I'm sure, you know, feel free to address it or not, Noah, cause uh, right. I, I'm sure it's something you guys have a plan for. Yeah. Um, but there was a re- initially, like, I think earlier in series two, there was a mention somewhere on the site of team leaderboards. And I think people have pointed out that that's been removed. I'm sure it's something that you guys are still kind of uh, working on in terms of how you roll that out. And I think it was one of the first questions we had uh, from uh, from Curtis CWH812. Uh, he wanted to know about team leaderboards and, and when they'll be rolled out and, and, you know, if they'll matter, what the deal is there. Yeah. So um, I think I said earlier, we want to be a 32 team product, right? Like that's mm. part of part of what we're going to, I don't think we're there now. Like I don't think there's good collection depth for a lot of the teams. And so we're going to be looking at, uh, at fixing that. So giving that, I think part of that is going to involve giving people paths to like mark how, you know, celebrate their fandom of a particular team and their collecting style with that. Um, I imagine leaderboards will be a part of that. I don't have a specific plan of how that's going to work exactly yet, but like I, I think that should be sort of a, 
I, I don't have a timeline, but I think definitely mm -hmm. team fandom and team leaderboards will be part of the, the future of this product. Mm -hmm. And a second question from Curtis as well was, uh, is there a plan generally for the rest of the Genesis moments? Um, that's a great question. So um, we are reevaluating what our plan was for that based on like the market reception for it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so um, I, I think plan, plans to be forthcoming over the next uh, month or two, we'll, we'll announce what we're, what we're doing with that. Broadly, like, um, if I could speak to like what, what the Genesis moments are, right? Um, they're the first moments that we curated for NFL All Day. I think they have um, real interest from the team and from fans of the platform, right? Like they're, of, uh, they're a little less deeply rooted in NFL and a little more rooted in the platform. That's what, they, that's what they are and that's what they mean. We made a decision that we wanted this content out there and that we didn't want to have it hanging with a question mark over everyone's head for years. Like, is there going to be a new, a new thing coming out? So we're going to, we're going to get clear on what those plans um, are. We think we do want it to be a part of the platform. Um, and we're evaluating uh, sort of the reception so far to figure out what that, what that plan should be. We're not, we're not going to stick to stick to plans that uh, might not work just for the sake of it, but we're going to try and uh, get something out there that the community really likes and, and that this is sort of a, an important part of the product as a collectible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, I think that's smart. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna help you out right now. No, you said a month or two. Whoever's listening, that th don't don't hold them to it if it's not then. Okay, <laughs> Noah's gonna make Noah's gonna make a very purposeful decision here. But we'll have his Genesis moments. No, you should take your time. <laughs> Those are very important moments. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so just I just know the community will be like, he said a month or two, and it's June now. You know, oh, like okay. I just know that that's going to happen. So it's going to it's going to help. Just going to take a couple steps ahead here. Just guys, it'll come at some point, okay? And it'll when it comes, it's going to make sense when it happens. <laughs> Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Okay. Thank you for saving me for myself there, Luke. I appreciate it. <laughs> We've got people working on it right no. now. Uh, no, but I know I know that you guys. You know, I, I think that that's what's both. Uh, you know, great for dapper is that you guys kind of have these roadmaps so you're not super married to them all the time in terms of when you roll things out and when and i think i think that helps you stay really um flexible with what's happening in the market and, and what's going on but at the same time um you know i think sometimes you throw stuff out there and and it creates an expectation with the community we know that people listen to every single word that you guys say because people are super passionate about the product so um you know, I think it's it's been it's been a, a place of frustration in the past, and I think I've learned personally as a collector that I'm like, you know what, you guys, uh, having observed Dapper for a long time and all day and everything, I was like, you guys roll things out when you're ready, and um, I kind of like that. I kind of like not having a timeline on some of the stuff, honestly. I kind of like when things are just like a surprise; it just happens. But again, challenging to balance with with people's uh, expectations and. Everybody wants to know what's happening right now, too, right? So it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. A lot of different people out there. So good save. Um, <laughs> yeah, good save. Yeah, I, I'm making it more about me now. So you know, just taking away from you. Uh, <laughs> um, next question we had uh, from Yowzers Three: How do they balance their need for revenue, either now or in the future, with the collector's interest in lower supply? Um. I would point to series, series two and say that this is a really difficult challenge that um, probably is not necessarily solvable um, and that mm. you have to change what the product is so that there isn't tension between um, our, our revenue model and what works for collectors, right? Um, so I think the, um, we tried to be very precious with our uh, moments, especially of star players um, this, this series, right? And if you look at uh, where's the, 
where where's the Brady moments, right? Like they're not they're not there, and like you know, collectors should be super happy about uh, you know folks who bought into their uh, their Brady debut moment from last year and whatever, right? Um, so like that's a thing. Like we tried to make choices that supported that sort of behavior. I don't mm -hmm. want like credit for that. That's not the point, right? Like if the the point is not hey hey guys, why don't we get points for for scarcity? It's mm -hmm. the scarcity isn't working because there's no predictability, and if mm -hmm. we have a product that doesn't work as a multi-season product or has severe flaws because of that tension between um, uh, between revenue and collectors. That's not going to work. So we need to change the mm -hmm. product so that that's not a conflict anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, next question, and this one is from uh, Marchinsky the Beluga. <clears throat> is there any current efforts or negotiations in the works between NFL All Day and the NFL in regards to onboarding actual game sound into our moments? even if they can mute the broadcast commentary and just play the game slash crowd noise and then a, a prey emoji time to evolve from silent film moments. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. I would say that, golly, I have to, let me parse my reply carefully. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, uh, if you look at some of the changes that we made uh, with like banner year sets and we're and people really like that. Hey, these videos are getting cooler and they're getting, yeah. uh, more narrative like uh and uh we're definitely going to continue to innovate what the collectible is in a way that i think people are going to find really engaging in line with uh with uh, uh beluga's question okay great from Moneyball or money ball but the l's and the ball are spelt with uh ones <laughs> dot dot eth uh what does an nfl franchise have in the partnership of licensed what role, sorry, does an NFL franchise have in the partnership of licensed assets? Do they offer incentive for engagement or support in other forms? Golly, so um, the league is broadly is incredibly supportive of our products and we have a great working relationship with them and through them to the clubs. I think that is a, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to, to provide a, uh, a like answer with, with depth to the point that like a, a someone on our partnerships team would be able to provide, except that like they're, they're supportive of it. Part of, part of what I think being a 32 team product is, is building those relationships out with, uh, mm -hmm. with clubs in a successful way, um, deepening our relationship with the league. Um, when, when you look about the, the communities that we're forming and that, that idea that we want to uh, connect fans to, to the sport, I think getting directly involved with the teams is going to be uh, a part of what that looks like. And I, I would, I would call that the, the goal that we're going for. Okay. Okay, great. Last, last, uh, big community question. I'm going to throw at you from Travis P and we kind of touched on this at the start, but it's good to circle back to it. What are the three biggest hurdles all day is facing currently? <sighs> three biggest hurdles are, um, one, uh, our, supply structure is unpredictable. Um, mm. Two, um, I don't think that the fact that people still ask whether we're a game or a collectible, we're a collectible first, right? Like that needs, that needs to land. Um, and then when we're making changes to the product, I think the most difficult part of making the changes I've been talking about is going to be making sure that we respect the collectability of series one and series two moments and don't, mm. um, don't freak people out by trying to change too much, right? Um, uh, so there's, uh, uh, I, I think those would be the big, the big highlights. Like how do we, how do we uh, achieve the big change that we're going for in an incremental way that respects the collectability of our moments? That's certainly what we're, what we're trying to do. 
makes sense makes sense okay noah we're kind of at the end here is there is there any other messages or anything else you wanted to share with the community at this point in time um, I am super excited for them to see what we're up to for, for the draft and for, for series three, um, uh, where I, and I'm just hugely appreciative of everyone spending the time to listen in and like, um, be, be huge fans of this product. Like our, our fans are amazing. We're doing this for, um, for the collectors and I, and I hope to show off what we're, what we're working on in a way that they're, they're excited about. Okay, there's one more thing we have to do, and I think they asked me not to do this. I'm going to do it anyways. At the end of every show where we do an interview, we play a game called Would You Rather, and I only have one Would You Rather question for you. Okay. okay? And this is this is a deeply, deeply personal one. All right. Would you rather the Jags win the Super Bowl? Okay. Something you clearly want. Or you get to be a... Diablo three game tester as a career. Oh God, uh, Jags win the Super Bowl for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You mentioned Diablo earlier. Something you guys were trying to build yeah. for. I don't know if the third one just came out, so I don't know if that's something you're excited about. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. go, uh, go, go, Jags. I, I think uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's grown out of Diablo, folks. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah, no, um, uh, <laughs> forget forget that game. Um, I, I am excited for Diablo four, but um, uh, but What's I four. I, I thought it was I thought it was three that just came out. Uh, it just I, came out. I, no, four is coming out this summer, I think. Oh, it's coming out. I thought it just came. Right, out. Okay, I, I only remember trying to download Diablo two, and it being like a gigabyte, and me freaking out of how much data that was, and I haven't kept yeah. up at all. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. So Diablo four. Oh, yeah. They okay. They just released public betas for it. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 So it does come out June sixth. Diablo yeah, four. Yeah, those, those are just good stuff. Um, but no, like the the Jags, I think are, are under underrated. Like they came out of nowhere with this like. You know, one one pass away mm -hmm. from from taking out the Super Bowl champ. So I uh, I have hopes. Mm -hmm. It was a good year to become a Jaguars fan. Like I got to skip most of the pain and just go uh, go straight to it. So excited! <laughs> nice, nice, right on. Great answer, great answer. Sorry, I don't know enough about Diablo, but clearly it doesn't doesn't matter to you. Um, great, Noah. Thank you so much, man. It's it's great to actually chat with you one on one. We've never spoken before, um, and it's been a great interview. And and hopefully, I, I have no doubt the community is going to be stoked about it. And uh, we'll all kind of hold our breath for for the draft and everything after. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Luke. I really appreciate the invitation. This is fun. Of course, man.